The epistle reading is from Romans chapter 9, and it serves as today's sermon text. I am speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have a great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen according to the flesh. They are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs, and from their race according to the flesh is the Christ, who is God over all, blessed forever. Amen. But it is not as though the word of God has failed, for not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel, and not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring. But through Isaac shall your offspring be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. For this is what the promise said, about this time next year I will return, and Sarah shall have a son. And not only so, but also when Rebekah had conceived children by one man, our forefather Isaac, though they were not yet born and had done nothing either good or bad, in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of him who calls. She was told, the older will serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. What is in a name? your family name. In your name has a great identity, and that can be good or bad. It could be good if you have a good family name. The right name can open up doors that would be closed to other people, anybody else, but sometimes there can be a danger to having a good family name, assuming that you are good because of your family name. Paul points out in our text today that all who are Israelites are not all children of Abraham. See, they put so much stock, the Jews put so much stock into who they were, into their heritage, that they were offended by who Christ was. Paul says this, I'm speaking the truth in Christ, I am not lying. My conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. The fact that the Jews had rejected Christ caused Paul so much conflict in his gut. The Jews had come to set their happiness and security on the fact that they were the chosen people of God, and they lost sight of the pure grace that by the choice of God, they were a part of his family. They started instead believing that there was something special about them that made God choose them. Paul continues, they are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. He speaks first of the adoption as sons, that they were not naturally a part of his, but he chose them through Abraham and called them into his family. The glory We can imagine this glory as the the face-to-face presence with God. In the Old Testament, it was the pillar of cloud, the pillar of smoke that would lead them through the wilderness, the presence in the tabernacle, the presence of God in the temple. 
This would be the glory, face-to-face glory that John and Peter and James would see with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. This would be the, the image that John was carried up into the Spirit to see the revelation while he was on the island of Patmos, the face-to-face presence of God. And then the covenants. Noah had the covenant, never destroy the world by a flood again. Abraham had the covenant that one of his descendants would bless all of the nations. Moses was given the covenant of the moral, civil, and ceremonial law. David was given the covenant that someone from his line would sit on the throne for eternity. And then the promises. Oh, so many promises given by God to his people in Israel, but none more important than the promise to send the Messiah. And then the patriarchs. Who can forget those great men from long ago, specifically Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but not just limited to those, but the entire lineage to Jesus. All of these. The Jews had all of these and still did not believe. And it rends Paul's heart because he longs for them to know Jesus the way he does. See, it became easy for the Jews to take such great pride in their heritage. They followed the law. They cherished it. And they started to think that they were special because of their obedience instead of realizing they were special because God chose them to be his. It's still easy for us to sometimes fall into that same trap, I think. My broken nature personally wants to take some kind of, some kind of uh, uh, credit for the salvation that I have. Surely I have merited something in God's eyes by, by, by the things that I've done and the things that I know and the person that I am. He goes, boy, I want someone like Tig in my family. But Scripture teaches me that even my greatest good works are like filthy rags compared to the righteousness of Christ. Now, I can't do anything to merit my own salvation. Well, and that's if you've got family with a good name. <laughs> but what if you have a family with no name? <laughs> like unknown. Maybe feel irrelevant or disconnected or less than. Maybe you find yourself coveting or being jealous of those with a good name. Wish that you had those doors open to you. Well, then we can take it even further. Well, what if your family has a bad name? You are that family. Dangerous, because the unhealthy families leave behind a trail of pain and damage. And families, you know as well as I do, we all come with our own baggage. And maybe if you struggle with having an unhealthy family at home, it's difficult to consider this our, our faith family. Or if you have an abusive or distant father to struggle in your relationship with your heavenly father. Those are normal, unfortunately, in this broken world. See, every family on this side of the kingdom of God, the world put right, is the world put wrong. And our families are broken. Just to list a few, we have divorce, lack of emotional intimacy, Abuse, lack of care or respect, loss, grief, mental disorders, addictions, infidelity, infertility, anger, just to name a few. Well, fortunately, Paul throws this phrase into the mix. 
He says this kinship of the flesh. And he qualifies it with of the flesh because he's insinuating that there is another kind of kinship, another kind of family that we are a part of. He gets us ready to hear that we are now children of the promise that are considered the offspring of Abraham. In verse 8, Paul writes, this means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. Family of God. That's who we are. The family. God chose Abraham just because he chose Abraham. God promised, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand in the seashore, and one of your descendants, all the nations of the earth, will be blessed. Now, I could imagine Abraham initially thinking that this would be children of the flesh, that he would have a large number of sons, and they would have a large number of sons, and they would have a large number of sons, and and this promise was fantastic because he was old, his wife was barren. And he gets one. (laughs) And then God asks him to take his life. And thanks be to God, Abraham was faithful, knowing and loving God more than even his own son, trusting that God would make a way out. And of course he did. I can see great tears of joy in Abraham's eyes at the resurrection when he sees all of his children, of the promise. For generations and generations and generations, the kingdom and family of God, like sand in the seashore and stars in the sky. Well, just like he chose Abraham, simply because he chose him, he chose you and he chose me. And in our baptisms, we are given a new name, a better name, the name of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And there is no better name. There is no better family to belong to. And in that baptism, he awakens the hearts of all generations to the power of life in Christ. Abraham was a tiny, insignificant person when you consider at that time all of the great nations and empires. He was a nobody. But God chose him as the beginning of his family. So that there could be no doubt what God had planned to do to rescue and redeem all of creation could only have been accomplished, not because Abraham was so mighty, but because God was. This idea of being grafted into God's family through faith and the right promise is very extraordinary to me. In the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, there are certain names that just kind of stand out, right? Preuss. Boy, that name stands out. You have heritage and tradition and generations of Preusses. Here at St. Luke's, we would say Leyenbauer, right? Leyenbauer, 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 Leyenbauer. Even our deaconess intern's last name before she married this guy was Leyenbauer. What about Culbertson? (laughs) Nope. I'm the first Culbertson to be an LCMS pastor. I have no son. I'm the last Culbertson to be an LCMS pastor. (laughs) Maybe that's good. Maybe that's not. I don't know. You tell me. 
but to have God's name. Right? I'm a baptized son of God. You are baptized sons and daughters of God. We have the best name. The name that is above all names. The name of our God. And we trust in this promise. We trust in this promise and we're shaped right now today into a better family, a better version of family members. As we engage in worship and spiritual formation and community connections, we begin to live transformed lives of freedom, joy, sacrifice, and renewal. We become transformed into the image of Jesus. Imagine an entire community coming alive to the power of life in Christ. Imagine that. That is what God wants to accomplish here in this place and in this time. And as we are becoming more and more Christ-like, transformed by His power, trusting in His right promise, we long and look forward to the day where we will be perfected in love. The kingdom of God will be the world put right, and that will mean that we will be a family put right. But here and now, what does a family put right look like? What does that person have a longing for, a heart for? We can see it reflected in the first few verses of our text for this morning. Paul, a son of God, longs with a broken heart for Israel to come back. We, as a community, as a faith family, are to have our hearts broken for those who don't know him yet here in Central Florida. Paul says, I wish that, I, I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. What Paul is saying is, I'm willing to give up my relationship with God. I am willing to sacrifice my soul so that my brothers and sisters who are Jewish would know him. But it's interesting, he said, I could wish that. <laughs> but he doesn't, because Paul knows that Christ has already done that for them. And he longs for them to know that. He longs for them to know that. And so we are to engage with our community, with people who don't know Jesus, to share his light and his love in our words, to, to care for them with our hands and our feet as servants, to reveal to them our Christian walk through our actions, through our motivations, through our words. To long for them, to know the God who longs for them too. The right family makes all the difference in the world. Billy Graham is quoted as saying, amazing things can happen when the family of God bands together. So let's do just that. And may the peace that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.